Hey there, Internet. I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this is the Gem Jam, where we do an episode by episode recap of the 1980s cartoon Gem and the Holograms, because it is truly outrageous. And wow, what do we even say about this episode? It's gaslighting the episode. This is the fan. This is episode 32, also known as season two, episode six, i.e. one of my favorite episodes in this entire show. What is this episode? It's incredible is what it is. This might put it in context for you. This is an episode written by Beth Bornstein. This is her third cartoon in the series. She has also written Adventure in China and Hot Time in Hawaii. And we will see her again later for The Presidential Dilemma, which features an actual supervillain. Beth Bornstein writes episodes that feel like fever dreams, like on purpose. I salute her for that. Real quick, we should also mention that uh, if you're listening to us and you're wondering where episode 31 was, that was the band's breakup, the Kimber Stormer episode. We already covered that one right between episodes eight and nine. We jumped ahead because adorable lesbians. So before we actually get into our episode recap, uh, depending on your release, this will change in season two. But for Netflix, this is actually the first instance that the episode opens with gem girls instead of the gem theme song where she's truly outrageous. Once you're a gem girl, you're never the same. Also, we recorded a really creepy version of that. It's somewhere on our Tumblr. <laughs> the lyrics, glamour and glitter, fashion and fame. Once you're a gem girl, you're never the same. You just repeat that while whispering in a dark room and woof, things get weird. What they do here is they splice in the original opening with all that really high quality animation with like clips from the show. And you'd think that with a new opening in season two, they'd put Raya in there, but uh, nope. But we do get to see uh, Jerrica air guitar with Aja for like five to ten seconds. That glorious Aerosmith moment, which I'm sure I'll get sick of eventually. So our episode opens in Pizzazz's mansion where the misfits are hanging around listening to their own music. Because of course they are. And Pizzazz finds an incredible ad in the newspaper. I'm a fan of Gem and the Holograms. And I'm willing to offer an enormous financial reward for anyone that can offer me the secret of Gem's real identity. If you have any information, please contact me. Sign an extremely desperate fan. They are right to mock this man. They are right to mock this man. If you're gonna do this, go full hog, get a billboard. You raise an excellent point. Why take out a classified ad? You've got all this money. That's a great point, actually. And Pizzazz tells them, this guy is the key to destroying Jem's career. Come on, let's go meet the millionaire. Pizzazz, you are a millionaire. Your dad is... Pizzazz's schemes are terrible, and I love them. So they go to meet this guy, and a butler answers the door, which is already a great sign. First off, the doorbell. You ring it, and it's Jem singing, it's truly, truly outrageous. But then they go into the living room, and it's the creepiest living room ever. Just pictures of Jim everywhere. All over the walls. Everywhere. And in comes Prescott A. Wentworth III, whose name I will never remember because he's basically Rob Paulson taking it to 11. And he's really fond of Rob Paulson, by the way. Oh, how I like my glam rock, glam rock from around the world. Can we rename this episode Hella Rob Paulson? Rob Paulson wants to know who Jem's identity is. He waves money in their faces and they're like, what? Well, we're just going to use you to get her identity. And Rob Paulson throws a fit. He throws an actual hissy fit. It's an epic tantrum. How old is this guy? He breaks a freaking vase, which I'm pretty sure in most anime means you have to hang out with a harem of people of the opposite sex until one of them falls in love with you. They lead him into yet another gem room. 
Does anyone want to guess how many gem rooms he has in his house? All of the rooms in his house are gem rooms. Woof. I don't want to know what he's got in his bedroom. This is a PG podcast. Good night. So Pizzazz lays out the fact that they have a scheme. They have a convoluted scheme and it requires all of his money. And he can't know about the scheme. They do all the planning. He just supplies the funding for the scheme. His only caveat is I don't want Jem hurt in any way. He says a Jem super fan to the misfits who have regularly and publicly endangered the holograms. For some reason, I get the impression that he's very, very young. I think that's probably accurate. For the sake of this show, we would probably want to say he's about as old as William Fitzherbert, the modern artist. His name is Fitzgerald Beck, and you've got it wrong in every episode you've mentioned him since that one. Fitzgerald Beck. I knew Fitz was in there somewhere. Who is William Fitzherbert? An English priest and Archbishop of York. The Archbishop of York. You're mistaking a modern artist from an 80s cartoon with the Archbishop of York? (laughs) Apparently I have! So anyway, after Rob Paulson agrees to this, we cut to Starlight Music, where Jem is just waiting outside. Yeah, Jem just walks outside of the studio, not as Jerrica, and doesn't get mobbed by fans. This is a thing that can happen. She also just gets into strange limos. Yeah, apparently this is a universe where anyone with a limo could just abduct pop stars whenever. Because a limo comes by and the driver says, Kimber Benton sent me to drive you back to Starlight Mansion. She says to tell you as part of your birthday present. And Jem's like, it's not my birthday, but she gets in anyway. Like that should be a red flag. That should be stranger danger right there. In the limo, she's like, this isn't the way to my house. That's cool, says the driver. I know a shortcut. The gem says, this isn't my birthday. My birthday is June for... Hmm. She cuts herself off and the limo driver is apparently an astrologist. Oh, well, that means you're a Gemini. You have a split personality. This is the part where I make a joke about Jem being haunted by a double wearing a mask. Turn to the camera and give a big sappy wink to Chris Sims. Anyway, it turns out this guy's recording everything, but that doesn't actually matter. It never comes up again. You'd think that would lead into something at the climax of the whole thing, but no. Well, we get to Starlight Mansion and uh, three orphans come out and greet her in new costumes and shove her inside screaming happy birthday. Uh, This is Chrissy, Ashley, and Bonnie, conveniently the ones they made dolls of. So they're throwing a huge birthday party. All the holograms are here. And Jem's still like, it's not my birthday. Guys, stop saying it's my birthday. Stop. And then here's the part where the episode should be over. Jem pulls aside Kimber. Jem says, is this a joke? If anyone should know when my birthday is, it's my sister. And Kimber says, okay, tell me who your sister is and I'll ask her. Oh, God. Scheme over. You won. You won. You did it extrapolate but no so Jem says she's going to go upstairs and take a nap and asks am i losing my mind in full Jem costume she's taking a nap i also want to ask whose room is this we've seen jerica's room this isn't this is Jem going into quote-unquote her room this isn't jerica whose room is this do they have a bedroom that's empty but specifically reserved for Jem? just so they can say this is where Jem sleeps In this house full of orphans, do they have an empty room that's Jem's? And was she actually thinking about that when she said, I'm going to go take a nap, and she went to Jem's incredibly lavish room? I'm weirded out by this. 
Anyway, here comes our first song of the episode, which is a Gem in the Hologram song called Nightmare. This is a new one for this episode. And it's got Gem tossing and turning on bed with nightmare imagery, as the name implies. Getting drowned by sands in an hourglass, so are the days of our lives, etc, etc. I also really like how Pizzazz just sort of looms in her dream, despite Gem not actually knowing that the misfits are involved yet. Yeah, but since when is what characters actually know played into a music video on this show? I mean, does she just assume, usually? Has she just learned to assume by now? Especially after that time where Clash was running around in a gigantic mascot gem head. <laughs> just like a bobblehead. How much better would the episode have been if it were just a gigantic mascot gem head that everyone was mistaking for the real gem? And, and, and everything else is exactly the same. So Gem wakes up from her nightmare and into a waking nightmare that is Rio. Rio's here. Turns out Rio's just like looming over her bed because he said he heard her screaming in her sleep. Screaming. Actual screaming. So Gem is like, uh, well, my nightmare. It was about me and Jerry. Never mind, Rio. Rio's like, he listens to her complain about her weird day and he says, poor Gem. If the girls knew your real identity like I do. Oh, my God. And Gem's like, wait, you do? What did you find out? Oh, my God. You know what this means, right? The misfits assume that Rio knows and the rest of the band doesn't. Oh, they could not be more wrong. They assume that Rio should know. God, I love I just I love everything about that assumption. Oh, right. And Rio saying he knows Jem's secret identity is where we have our uh, commercial break. Not quite lethal danger, but it's dramatic. Does this count as a memento mori? Probably not. Unless she's about to kill Rio. He knows too much. So we come back and Jem's like, what? Back up there? How do you know my identity? And then the orphans come to collect her, which is maybe the most like sinister sentence I have in my notes here. <laughs> the orphans come to collect her. Anyway, video is here. She made her a birthday present, which is on a tape cassette. Isn't that adorable? She announces, Jem, this is your life. Children, that was actually a show. This is a reference that we actually get. Yeah, it's basically you surprise a guest and then you sit them down and in front of the audience, you just walk them through their entire life like they weren't, you know, there. Anyway, here's our gem video. And wow, did we mention that this plot of Pizzazz's is convoluted? Uh, they have a little gem with pink hair throwing her milk at the camera. At age one. Then they have her on stage dancing and singing. At age three. With her pink haired mom coming out and she's like, she looks like me. Well, of course she does. She's your mom. Then they have her at age eight looking like a teenager dancing down the street pretending to be someone else, quote unquote. Who is she really, folks? And Jem takes out the tape. Video gets insulted and leaves and Jem's like, none of that was me. So yeah, the Misfits have made this weird gaslighting video. And the holograms are like, well, if it's not you, then who are you really? And Jem falls for it. She's like, I'm, 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 I'm. She's actually about to tell them the misfits are watching at a control board along with Rob Paulson. And there's actually a thing here where they're watching this on screen and then it zooms in and then zooms out to a transition. So instead of watching what's sort of being filmed, we're back in what's actually happening. I'm not explaining it right, but it's a nice transition. And then Jim's like, I'm, I'm, wait, wait, what? You're Kimber. And then she runs off. So I guess background info, <laughs> the Misfits somehow managed to build an entire replica of Starlight Mansion with hidden cameras all over the place. They call like a cast meeting because they have hired every person that we have seen here from the limo driver on 
has been an actor. Some of them have actual rubber faces instead of just like makeup. Jem cannot tell the difference. Also, fake Aja has like the best hair. Oh my god, right? Also, they all like do quote unquote real voices, which are delightful. Some of them have like Brooklyn accents and some of them have surfer accents. It's, it's all delightful. They're all like bad guy voices. Yeah. That again, we've got voice actresses having the time of their lives. The scope of this, where do they find that lot to build this entire fake house? How long has it taken them? How did they privately cast all of these actors? But that doesn't actually matter to the misfits. They just say, that's not important. We want to know who she is. And Bizez says, that's right. Who is she? Music video. Who is she anyway? By the misfits. Previously used in Broadway magic. They were in a gym at the time. This is actually slightly more appropriate. Yeah, a little bit. And most of the music video is just the misfits accosting some actresses. Meanwhile... The real holograms have finally realized that Jem is missing. This set is ostensibly the mansion, but it looks like the room in Starlight Music where they were holding auditions for the talent search. It does, yeah. Maybe it's supposed to be that rehearsal room they always use, like at the beginning of the band's breakup and the talent search part one. Or maybe they just have identical rehearsal rooms in both their mansion and at Starlight Music. It's weird. This is the least weird part of an entirely weird episode. Anyway, the holograms are rehearsing, but there's no Gem, and they're like, where is Gem? I don't know. Kimber was supposed to pick her up from work, but she wasn't there. Because they're not Gem, their first thought is, maybe we should get our supercomputer to help us do anything. AKA, oh wait, we have frickin' holograms. Synergy is basically as unto a god. Meanwhile, in the exact same stage set, but in the fake mansion, Jem's ready to rehearse. And she's like, stop the joke. We have a concert tomorrow. And she's like, why don't we guys play together? And the Misfits did not plan for this. They've apparently been rehearsing for this for months, as evidenced by some dialogue earlier. And none of the actresses playing the holograms know how to play music. They had no plan for this. And so Jem starts to sing and it sounds like it doesn't switch over to Britta Phillips. It sounds like Samantha Newark singing a little bit. That's correct. That's Samantha Newark. Uh, she switches into what sounds like the start of Happy Endings, except it's not the right tune and not the right words. So instead of like, tell me I'm crazy, maybe I know. It's like, tell me I'm crazy, tell me I'm lazy. It feels like they just got Samantha to just ad lib it. And she did. And it was like, I, you know what? What the heck? This whole episode is fun and I'm going to enjoy myself. Yeah, just put it in. It's fine. Especially because none of them can actually play. So they just start uh, keyboard smashing, uh, literally in Kimber's actress's case. And what's really great is that when Jem confronts fake Kimber about this, about the fact that she can't play music, she's like, Kimber, play a chord. And Kimber's like, uh, uh, and then faints like a goat, fainting to avoid confrontation. And she wakes up just like, who? Who are you? I don't recognize you. Who are you really? Meanwhile, Rob Paulson, like, like this seems not on the level. And they're like, hold up. She's definitely going to do it this time. This time we've got her for sure. She's going to say her identity. And Jim's like, you know who I am. I'm Jerrica comes in the door. Apparently she is two hours late. Jerrica Benton waltzes in. Jim's eyes completely bug out. And as some synapses just fire in her brain, we go to 
commercial. Before we resolve that scene, though, we go back to the actual Synergy room. Where Synergy proceeds to give the holograms a complete info dump about what's going on. Because we're halfway through the episode and we just need to explain what's happening. I think Synergy just, like, read the story treatment for this episode. She's just reading directly from the script. She also says she's in an exact replica of Starlight Mansion. I'll project it for you. And by that, I mean... She hacked the cameras at the fake mansion because we're showing this from like a bird's eye view of the room where Jem and Jerrica are in the exact same room together. Also, Synergy's basically got a direct line to Jem at any time, right? Yeah. And we've noticed she probably doesn't have cameras, but she's at least got to have microphones in there to hear Jerrica's commands. So she's been sitting on this information for how long now? Not only that, but Synergy says we can't risk contacting her. There are cameras everywhere. What, Synergy can't just pipe into the earrings? Hey, Jem, don't react to this, but here's what's going on. Could you really trust Jem to not react to that, though? I can't trust Jem not to react to anything. Did you see her reaction when Jericho walked in the door? You can see her brain melting out her ears. Synergy also shows them an example of one of the hidden cameras in the house, which is like a giant camera sticking a whole foot out of a ficus. So that's the kind of day Jem's been having, apparently. I choose to believe that Jem has noticed the cameras, but has been like purposely ignoring them because this day's been weird enough. Okay, so then we have another point where, by all accounts, this scheme should be over because you won, especially if you take into new account with the I would think my own sister would know when my birthday is. And Jem flips out and demands to know who the fake Jerrica is. And when Jerrica's like, I'm Jerrica Benton, your manager. And Jem says, then who am I? It seems like they want an explicit statement of, I am so-and-so. My birth date is so-and-so. Here's my social security number. They're not taking all these hints. They are not going for context at all here. Rob Paulson is like, all right, she's upset. We're calling this off. I'm going to go tell her. And then they stuff him into a closet. There's so many jokes I could be making here. It's, I can't pick one. I'm going to just go with the observation that this looks suspiciously like one of those closets in like small Japanese apartments where you store the futons during the day. Is this usually his like tatami room? Does he have a kotatsu in the middle? Uh, so we, when he's in there, he's squished between two mattresses is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Anyway, he can't open a closet from the inside. Apparently. And the only one worried about this is Stormer. Like, is he going to be okay in there? And they all just go like... <laughs> The holograms have just left and Aja is at the helm and she says, hold on, everybody. We're about to see what kind of stuff the rock and roadster is really made of. How much oomph does it have? Is there oomph? Tell me how much oomph the rock and roadster has. I want to buy the car for my dolls. Aja, tell me about the oomph. Anyway, we get a scene where she's supposed to be smashing her like high heeled pump against the gas pedal, but we don't actually see the gas pedal. We just get a still shot of her foot. And that's the oomph pedal. It's invisible. You have to be a real good driver to know about it. So back at Stately Fake Mansion, Jem tries to go into Synergy's room. Today, it's supposed to be on the other side of the fireplace. I've seen this scene gift before and seeing it live was just so much more magnificent. Jem walks into the wall at a steady pace and then... And she falls to the ground and blacks out. It's just so wonderful. And she hits the ground and she's gone. She's out. Memento Mori, there might be some head trauma. Memento Mori, Jim might very well be dead. You might want to buy that doll and put it in the car. 
So Jem wakes up in the quote-unquote hospital. Does not look like a hospital. So do you guys remember that scene at the very end of the first Avenger, the Captain America movie? Yeah. All right, we'll get this. Aja and the rest of the holograms are there, and Aja says, There were several actresses posing as the holograms who were trying to find your secret identity, and they ran off when we saw them. And oh my gosh, you guys, it's a double bluff. Yeah, it is literally that final scene for Captain America. Only Jem doesn't catch on at all. And, uh, you know, I'm looking at her when she's like, oh, well, I guess it's time to, like, turn back into my real identity. And I, I got a question here. It's something that just occurred to me. Has anyone in this entire episode tried to touch Jem's hair? To say nothing of the fact that those are hologram clothes. Hell, while she was lying in bed, her hair should have been clipping through the pillow. Can you imagine trying to do this concept in the IDW comic where Jem is about three feet taller than Jerrica. So it turns out they're still on camera and the misfits are watching and they're like, oh my God, we're going to do it. We're finally going to do it. And Jem says, shows, wait. And the real holograms burst onto the scene. And then we have a Kimber fight. Yeah, Kimber snatches fake Kimber's wig and it's amazing. Oh, they immediately, like the actors all run off. And in another like weird, startling moment of clarity, Pizzazz says, hold on. They don't know about us. Our cameras are still rolling. We could still pull this off. Except then Aja starts talking with Kimber's voice and slowly dips into Aja by the end of the line. It's a little weird. Are they the same voice actors? Yeah, that's the same voice actors, which is why uh, if anyone's line is going to be replaced with anyone's else, usually the flub is between Aja and Kimber. But they're like, they weren't the only one involved. Someone else has been watching you the entire time and points at the camera, the very obvious camera and says, show's over, whoever you are, and sprays it with like hairspray or some kind of like canned smoke. It doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, the Misfits am scrape, but not before this great bit where Pizzazz throws a fit, smacks the floor with her foot a bunch, then kicks a chair, hurts her foot, and hops up and down while holding it. I love that. I need a gif of that. It's a really good Pizzazz freakout moment. So the holograms are about to leave the fake mansion, stately fake mansion, until they hear Rob Paulson is stuck in the closet. From outside, they hear him screaming. How did they not hear him from inside the mansion? Uh, yeah, there weren't any windows in that room, so it's not like they heard it drifting out. It's just suddenly one of them's got bad hearing. So he apologizes for the whole mess, and Jem's like, I, that's not okay, but I appreciate your honesty. No hard feelings. It seems like Jem is actually a champ at accepting an apology without absolving someone of their wrongdoing. This is also like the second time that she is uh, very politely pointed out that, that some dude is being creepy. She's actually like kind of good at that. So Rob Paulson offers to sponsor tomorrow's concert, donate the proceeds to charity. And Jem's like, mm, and he's like, please. So they accept. And Jem marches out saying, now, come on, ladies, we've got a new song to rehearse. You do know how to read music, don't you? I actually really like the read of that line. I was half expecting like an Inception double fake out at the end of the episode. Just spin in the top there. And the new song they have to rehearse. Uh-huh. It's happy freaking endings. It's happy freaking endings. So this is actually an episode where we have two reused songs. Also, here's something weird. They're all in their glitter and gold outfits. But Rhea, who wasn't part of that episode, now also gets a glitter and gold outfit and it's got a clown collar rough. Oh, no. Sorry, Rhea. So what, after the Rhea doll came out, did they just retroactively give her a glitter and gold outfit? Probably. I don't know. And we end on a song and still no superstar segments. 
Next time, join us for Father's Day, an episode in which Pizzazz's issues with her father are actually explored in a way, and uh, Jem forgets that their dad just died and Kimber might be a little upset about it. Until next time, dear listeners, I'm Annie. I'm Kit. And I'm Mac. And this has been the Gem Jam, where I totally misplaced my adage.